Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, aka MFKS Radio on the Airwaves Dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who are de facto presidents of the Taylor Hall Fan Club. The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. So today is Sunday, October the 1st, and NHL season starts on Wednesday, I believe, yes. uh, is when the first games are. Um, but you're not going to hear this episode until September the 7th, and we have a very particular reason why, and I'm going to let Kels tell you all about it. <laughs> it is the opening of the Devils season. <laughs> Against Colorado Avalanche. Against Colorado. So. And just me personally, I like to do special things on that day for the Devils. <laughs> And it's their home opener, too, yeah, isn't it? Home that opener, is their home yeah. opener, yeah. I forgot it was Colorado until he reminded us. So, which is good, because that means they'll probably be one to know. Fingers crossed. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. Um, so, <laughs> I don't even know how to begin this. It's so ridiculous. So, we've been talking, teasing a, a super secret project. Yes. Um, and I've posted a couple of pictures on the Twitter, and I think yeah. maybe one on the Instagram. Yeah. Um, of, like, Kelsey with ukulele. Yes. And then we had uh, Riva here on our last episode. And she and helped us. She helped us with our, our super secret project. She also brought a ukulele. She did. Um, so I feel like I feel like if you're all, you know, got a brain. You can figure out what's You can figure out what's going on. Um, so in June, during exam week, it's a very boring time for yeah. teachers unless you have your marking. Unless you're undone. an elementary teacher or junior high yes. teacher. And then it's really a lot of work. We work so hard during exams. Yes. Correct. <laughs> um... And just one afternoon when all my things were finished and I was and <laughs> unaware you didn't have, of my contract status, right, so I had no, nothing to do. I had nothing to prep for for next year. And I have these personal <laughs> weird things where I'll get these bursts of creativity inspiration. And we've mentioned it a few times. We're big fans of Hamilton, the musical, not the city of Ontario. Um, and I was listening to this one uh, song called Dear Theodosia, and in my head on my way to school, I just started remaking the words to Dear Taylor Hall. So I got to school, found the lyrics, and then rewrote the song as a tribute to our beloved... I don't even know. Is it mascot? It's not <laughs> He's mascot. not a mascot, no. What would you say? Um, uh, I don't know. Oh, God. Deity <laughs> <laughs> to our Lord and Savior. Lord and Savior. We've called him that before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, did it for twenty minutes. Yeah. That's how long it took for these lyrics. Other than some tweaking that we did yeah. for timing and rhyme and. Because let me tell you, uh, the rhyme was hard. <laughs> the rhyme was real hard. Yeah. Um, and now we put that into a performance for you. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, <laughs> First off, thanks to Riva for helping us out. Yeah. Uh, made it infinitely better. It did, because um, I'm not that good on ukulele. And I don't love what I sound like when I sing, so <laughs> it was good to have another person around. Um, yeah. We're just, we're just, we're just gonna, we're just gonna play it for you. It's like two minutes and ten seconds, so if you don't want to listen to it, there you go. That's Although all. you should, because it's a treat to the ears. It is a treat to the ears, and it's exactly what you would expect from us. And I believe we will put our lyrics on our website for sure yes we will so that you can just really see the masterful <laughs> skill that went into this tribute song to our lord and savior on the occasion <laughs> of the new new jersey devil season i bow to you <laughs>
to say to you. You have those eyes, you have a killer smile, you got treated one for one and I cried. It broke my heart. How could we forget those 80 points? You scored despite being on an awful team when you smile. You knocked me out, I'll fall apart. You're a two-time all-star. You were picked by a trash organization. We didn't fight for you. We barely thanked you. They didn't lay a strong enough foundation. To make success for you, we said goodbye to you, but you'll blow us all away someday, someday. Yeah, you'll get that cup one day someday, someday. Connor wasn't around, Robert wasn't around. I swear that I'll be around for you. I'll even get Santa rice for you. I hope you come of age with New Jersey. They'll bleed and fight for you. Rico will fight for you. I'll fly to watch you win more games in Jersey. They've got Nicole for you. They'll make it work for you and you'll blow us all away. Um, I'm fine with it. <laughs> oh, are we started? <laughs> it's fucking started. I don't even care anymore. Um, so that's the thing that we did. <laughs> and I will never listen to that again. I loved every second <laughs> I of it. I hate everything I about it. it. Everything. It was, it was perfect. But I'm going to say this. It wasn't perfect. <laughs> it wasn't. We, we like struggled with some of the vocal harmony, but I'm going to say this. If any of you, anybody fucking says anything about it, I will hunt you down and find you. Because if you could do better, do fucking better. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say about that. Oh, I feel like we should turn it into a music video. Like, um, there's a lot of potential there. So you want you what you want so what you want is to play the ukulele and I will film you playing the ukulele and we'll put that on the internet. That's what we'll do. Cause no. No, I imagine that it's just like a, a really shitty like grade seven YouTube video where it's just like our audio in the background and then just like glorious pictures of Taylor Hawk. I was just thinking, you know how on on, on but your like iPhone, purposefully like in, in your on your iPhone and photos, you can like make videos of like your photos of like certain collections. You're looking at me like you're. I'll show you afterwards. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I found one on my phone of Clay Matthews that I clearly <laughs> sent to my friend Aaron because like it just takes all your photos of like a certain person and like sets them to music. That's what it could be. That's what I'm talking and about. You, there's but like, like super shitty. Oh, but you can get like and you can get like romantic music and like it's great. It's amazing. I'm really surprised I'm you haven't found this. this yet. I'm into this. Anyway, um, that's what we did. That was our, that was our super super secret project. It's never gonna happen again. We worked on it for three months, <laughs> <laughs> and that that was the quality that we got. So, as you can tell, we're world dedicated. And, again, Reva. You are... Light of our life. Thank <laughs> number you one. Thank you so much. <laughs> it made a big difference. It, it did. It, it did. It made it listenable. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it did. <laughs> uh.
The environment in here when it was playing was, I'd say, tense. Very tense. Megan was very tense. I was hysterical. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and now we're going to switch gears um, on this, <laughs> this, this truncated, this really <laughs> weird podcast today because um, we just did an interview with uh, Dan Rice from The Hockey Writers. Um, it was who, so great. Wonderful. So thank you, Dan, for, for talking to us. And we're going to put that in here right now, and you can have, it's in about an hour long, so if you don't <laughs> want to listen to what he has to say, don't, I guess, I don't know, but it was very insightful, it was good stuff. Um, we learned a lot about uh, what it's like to cover a hockey team in a non, I don't want to say non-traditional market, because it's, hockey's been in, in New Jersey for a long time, but in a, sort of a non, like, big, big market, so like, mm-hmm. a, away from the Edmonton and Montreal and Toronto and, like, New York with the Rangers and that kind of thing. Or even just a market that has... So much other competition. Yeah, and that was one of the things that he addressed. Um, so we talked about that. We talked about uh, the NWHL a little bit. We talked a little bit about how great Aaron Judge is because... <laughs> of course. Because of course we did. <laughs> um, so here you go. Okay, we're here with Dan Rice. So uh, Dan, maybe take a, a minute or two to sort of introduce yourself, what your credentials are, what you do in the sports world. Uh, well, thanks, first of all, for having me on. Um, I've been covering the New Jersey Devils for about 12 seasons now. Uh, various websites, but for the last five years with thehockeywriters.com. Um, and the last, I guess, two years, I've been covering the National Women's Hockey League. Um, uh, first, just, uh, you know, covering it for the, uh, for the hockey writers. And then, um, I guess, it'll be about a year in December I've been working for the league themselves, uh, doing feature articles and, and trying to create uh, attention and awareness for uh, all the women players in the league. And we're, we want to get to that. We want to get to that kind of at the end, because we want to start at the beginning, or I do. <laughs> I'm selfishly curious as to a sort of how you found me on Twitter. Uh, well, that was because you were here in my home state. Um, <laughs> I think you made a pretty long trip to come out here to see uh, this guy. Uh, what's his name? Tell Hall. So I heard all about that, and I, uh, I saw all that stuff on social media and all that good stuff. And uh, as they say, uh, the rest is history, right? <laughs> yeah. True, true, true. Um, I remember after that happened, that was incredibly overwhelming for me. I don't think we've ever really talked about it on the podcast in depth. But this is our sort of, like, tribute to... Most of our episodes are tribute to Taylor Hall. But this is really, like, a special beginning of the season, excited about Taylor Hall version of our uh, podcast. But it was so odd that I think you had, like, replied to a tweet of mine afterwards. And I was just, like, so thrown off. I was like, oh, my God, there's, like a writer who's talking to me like I felt like such a celebrity at that point <laughs> it kind of went to her head a little bit yeah <laughs> uh, you know us, us writers are normal people too we like to talk to and engage with uh, fans and, and take the pulse of uh, the fans and see what they're into and what they're not into and those kind of things and uh, uh, both of you seem like pretty usual normal you know uh, hockey fans and, and you're both passionate which is I think what everybody in hockey shares in common even if they don't root for the same teams uh, everybody loves the sport and uh, the passion that goes along with, with being a hockey fan I feel so complimented right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, I just feel like I live in a garbage can all the time so that's great <laughs> that, that you say that 
Being called normal is rare for us. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think it's interesting that you say about, like, how, you know, as a writer, like, you're interested in engaging with fans because our experience with um, Euler's media is not that. That there doesn't seem to be a lot of interest um, in engaging with the fan base. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's different for everybody, I guess. And, and as, as everybody knows, you know, the, the world is changing, media is changing. Uh, the implement of social media and the internet and, and those kind of things have really uh, changed the way that the sport is covered. And for me, um, now I don't I don't write for a, a, or write about a major team like the the Oilers or the Canadians or the Maple Leafs. Uh, these teams that have uh, huge fan bases or anything like that. But I, I do occasionally interview some players from other teams besides the Devils when they're in town, and um, I, I like to know what's going on around the league I, I, I feel like as a writer it's kind of my job to, to know these kind of things and, and by following and engaging with fans of all the different fan bases um, it, it, it keeps you almost your finger on the pulse of what's going on in, in Florida with the Panthers or what's going on in Arizona with the Coyotes and, and so on and so on You know, maybe teams that you don't necessarily hear a lot about on uh, I guess I guess we call it mainstream, you know, media now, like uh, on uh, NHL Network or NBC or or any of the, the outlets that you look for information on these teams. Um, you know, the, the the Devils are are in that group too. They're generally at the bottom of the uh, talked about level, uh, the, the the level of of how how often we talk about those teams. So for me, it's 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 really cool, and and as I've gotten to travel a little bit, not too much because I'm not a big fan of uh, planes or flying or any of that stuff. But um, you know, you go to different cities, or people come to your city, and um, and you get to talk to them, and you get to meet them, and whether it's writers or, or fans or um, even executives, um, um, people that work for the teams, um, and it's nice to just just to get to know where everybody's coming from and, and what their interests are and kind of like I said at the beginning, like what their passions are. And, and uh, for me, that that's really the, the cool part of my job is um, going, I've been to the NHL draft three of the last four years and, and you see people from all the teams, uh, all the fan bases uh, around and, and, you know, you just get a vibe of, of what they're, what they're into and what they're all about. And, um, that's one of the reasons why I love doing what I do. Speaking of vibes, could you bring us back to, what was it, June 29th? 2016. 2016, <laughs> when the infamous phrase, one for one, entered our lives. Um, what was the take What was the take and the feeling in terms of fans in Jersey on that, in that trade? What, what, did you, what did you feel? What did they feel? Take us through it. Uh, okay, quick little story, and I promise I'll make it brief. Um, I was at the supermarket when it broke. Um, I live alone, so I, you know I was out at the supermarket on my day off. I think it was a Wednesday or Thursday, um, shopping for myself for, to get dinner for the next couple of nights and things like that. And um, I'm sitting online at the checkout, and because I always pick the wrong line, and it's like four people deep, and they have like a thousand things, and I have like this little <laughs> handbag with like five items. So naturally, I'm scrolling through Twitter, you know, trying to stay plugged in, and I see, um, hearing, you know, uh, 
Darrell Hall being traded for Adam Larson, and then like you said, the trade is one for one. And it's like, is this real? Like, is this did this just really happen? <laughs> then I get my car finally, and and uh, you know, you start reading what everybody's saying about it. And it's all right. Well, I, I got to get home instead of just sitting in my car. Um, so, and I live, you know, maybe about uh, I don't know, eight, eight to ten minute drive from the supermarket. And I get home and and put everything away, and I open my my laptop back up and. And now there was another trade, um, which uh, I think everybody knows about the, the Weber and, and Subban yeah. trade. So um, the, the the fans here were, uh, I guess, ecstatic is the, is the right word to use. Um, <laughs> kind of uh, surreal feeling, like, did this really just happen? And now don't get me wrong here. Um, uh, around here, Adam Larson was very highly regarded. Um, he had a rocky start. Actually, he started out pretty decently. The team went to the finals in 2012. Uh, he was Washington was 19 then. Um, and then he kind of went through a little up-and-down period where uh, Coach Peter DeBoer wasn't maybe utilizing him the right way or he would make a mistake and he would get benched and, and those kind of things, uh, which is all part of the learning curve, especially for defensemen as, as younger players in the league. Um, but back to he, – he was – you know, a lot of fans really liked him. They they felt like he really stepped up that last season that he was here. He played top pad minutes. He played I think seventy something games, so almost a full season. And, and he had really making strides. Um, but you know, in order to get something, you have to give something up. And uh, he was a pretty valuable asset. And, and if I remember right, that year he was projected to go a little bit higher than the Devils picked. Um, and they, I, I'm pretty confident that they thought they were going to get uh, Landeskog at that spot, and I think Colorado took Landeskog, and they took uh, Larson, and, and and so on and so on. But um, you know, the, the fans immediately, you know, you know how fans are. Uh, all of a sudden, everybody's walking around saying Town Hall is my favorite player. It's like <laughs> these guys have never really seen him play two seconds. But then the other half of the fan base was like, I can't believe we gave up Adam Larson. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, but it was just one player for one player. So, you know, you strengthen one part of your team, but you weaken the other part of your team. So since then, we, you know, last season, uh, Taylor had his ups and downs throughout the season. And the defense had its mostly downs throughout the season. <laughs> and um, a lot of the fan base um, and some writers, not particularly myself, but they attribute that to the loss of Larson and not being able to replace him. Mm-hmm. Um so we'll see what happens this year going forward. Um, but uh, he, he's definitely been embraced here, and, and I don't want to say he's being looked at as like a savior, but he gives the Devils that uh, top flight, top line, superstar score that they've severely missed since uh, the departures of Zach Parise and then uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, and they got nothing in return for either one of those guys. So Right. Do you, for you, I know because we have a, we as Edmonton Oilers have a, a shaky history with young kids, draft picks, <laughs> not necessarily treating them well or rushing them. How do you feel about Nico pretty confidently making the team this year? Are you guys full on board? Are, is there any concerns about that whatsoever? Uh, at this point, no. Uh, he's you know, he's come in and, um, you know, you, you wonder about him, how he's going to handle all this. He seems like a really quiet kid. and um, But his game is really spoken for itself uh, right 
from, uh, I believe it was like two weeks after the, the actual draft, the Devils had their rookie in development camp, and he was there, and um, they had a couple of open scrimmages to the to the public, and, and a three-on-three tournament, and, and he was... Uh, he was every every bit as advertised. He was he's silky smooth with the puck and and a really good passer, a good nose for the net. And then now, um, once the preseason has started, I mean uh, everybody's been able to see a little bit of a glimpse of, of what we've seen here for a little while now. Is uh, he's starting to put up points? He's earned himself a, a top six role according to the coaching staff. And um, I don't disagree with any of that. I think that this kid is. He's obviously going to have, uh, you know, it's not all going to be, be gravy, and, and um, the, the NHL season is certainly a roller coaster. But I think they have enough really good pros around him that will uh, make things easier for him and, and let him just play his game. And um, there's, there's always going to be pressure with having that number one pick, as you guys in Edmonton know. before that um, you didn't really consider the Devils like a top a top flight sort of franchise like Montreal or like Toronto what do you think it'll take for the Devils to reach there? Is it just playoff success? Um, honestly I don't think I'm not sure what the answer to that question is because they've been successful here and um, you know the, the fans will show up for the playoff games and they'll sell out season uh we live in a market here which is so saturated with sports teams there's about nine professional teams within um i'll say maybe 25 to 30 miles of one another 
being generous. That's and that's not counting tolls and stuff like that. Um, so the, the Devils are in a weird spot where there's two other hockey teams in this general area. Um, they're the only professional team in the state of New Jersey, uh, and I guess the, the Red Bulls, the, the soccer team here. Uh, that, that's a professional team too, but that's not a big draw. They, they draw a little bit less than the Devils. Um, but when the Flyers come here, to and that's that's another team that's um, driving distance. The Flyers are uh, two hours away from here. Um, so when the Flyers play up here, a lot of their fans come up here and buy tickets. When the Rangers play here, a lot of their fans come over here and buy tickets because they can't afford tickets at MSG. Okay. Um, same thing with the Islanders fans. Um, and then you have, you know, uh, the Chicago fans, the Boston fans. They're always going to have pockets of those fans that are going to show up here because the, the Devils have only been around since, uh, excuse me, 1982. And a lot of older fans grew up you know, as fans of, of the Rangers or the Flyers or the original six teams, if you want to get even older. So the, those fan bases are always going to be around. I love when, when Montreal comes down here and when Toronto comes down here because there's busloads of fans and those people know how to have a good time and they're very respectful. They don't come in um, like some of the other fan bases and start arguments or fights with the Devils fans and stuff like that. Everybody just has a good time and, um, you know, have, have their drinks and, and enjoy a good hockey game and, and they're like I said they're very respectful so um, I don't know that we'll ever get to a point where they can uh, unless they you know maybe they finish top of the conference for the next five years but that's pretty unlikely so I don't know I don't know how far away we are from, from them being a, a, a viable you know sellout every night um, and that's the other thing too there's so many other options besides sports to do around here um, like I said New York City although it's you know, sometimes far away, there are other ways. There's public transportation trains that go right from Newark over to right to the heart of New York City, and you know, plays and concerts and all those other kind of things. Clubs, all, all that stuff comes into effect when. How are people going to spend their disposable income? Are they going to spend it on going to New Jersey Devils game, or are they going to spend it on you know going out to a bar and, and watching the game there with their friends? So, I think we would be hard pressed to decide. Do we go see Taylor Hall or do we try to get tickets to see Hamilton? Yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> right, I mean, so the, the, the other people that, you know, the, the, like I said, the Devils do have their fan base, they have their diehards, the season ticket holders, but that, there's not, um, I believe the arena holds 16,000 something something right now, there's not 16,000 season ticket holders, so mm-hmm. um, maybe split that in half and then you have to figure out a way to get the other 8,000 people into the, the stadium and um, some of that is matchup based, like I said, Boston, the Rangers, Philly. Um, but it, it, the, the challenge is when they're playing, and, and I'm not trying to disrespect other teams at all, um, but when you're playing Columbus or Arizona or Florida on a Tuesday night in February, you know, what's the draw for people to come out? And right. hopefully for the Devils franchise, it's the allure of Taylor Hall and Nico Heeshear and um, Corey Schneider and, and, and those kind of guys that are, you know, the, the faces of the franchise right now. Hmm. That's really interesting. It is, and I was just sort of thinking about, like, how in what we have now called our decade of darkness um, yeah. without the playoffs, like, it took a really long time for people to stop going to games. Like, I would say it probably took eight of yeah. us, ten years, for people to stop. Because yeah. my dad's company, they have season tickets and they would always give them to customers or whatever. 
And the last, the year before um, the Oilers won the McDavid lottery, they had trouble giving tickets away because people were just finally like, I don't want to do this anymore because they were so bad. Um, but that's interesting because, like, I mean, here that we don't have those same options necessarily. Yeah. Like, there's other stuff going on, but not to the extent, obviously, that you would have um, where yeah. you are. Yeah, there's, there's so much that goes on around here. I mean, even college sports too. You know, yeah. uh, basketball is, is a big, big draw around here. Um, on sports radio, there's never ever talk of hockey around here unless the Rangers are in the playoffs. And that's literally the only time that that'll happen. Um, when the Devils won the, the number one overall pick uh, in the lottery, there was no mention of it. You know, maybe a, a brief mention on, uh, you know, the news updates at like 10 and 20 past the hour or whatever time that they do it. I don't even really listen to sports talk radio anymore, but um, that's what the, the, the people have told me. And it's like, um, you know, how, do, how, does, how does that change? Like, there's, there's so many other options. It's just... Um, so it's almost in a way like when you find out somebody else is a hockey fan, you're like, oh my god, they're one of they're one of the ones, you know? Like, um, it's like, and I always equated it to like, because uh, I grew up and and basketball was king and football is king and baseball, the Yankees, and um, you know, for me it was it always I always looked at it like it was like a secret society or like the cool kids club. Like, if you like hockey, then you're all right with me, regardless of what team you were a fan of. Um, you know, we're on the same page and we like somewhat the same thing. So um, it, it, it really is tough. But um, on the other hand, I mean, and I probably shouldn't say this publicly, but for myself personally, when, when it's not sold out every night, it's, it's nice because I can go to and from the arena and not have to worry about sitting in traffic, <laughs> even though the arena is in downtown Newark. I can go downstairs at intermission and, and walk around the concourse pretty easily and, and go meet up with some friends and say hi to someone I haven't seen in a while or somebody that comes in from Edmonton or St. Louis or somewhere that I haven't seen in a long time. Um, it makes it easier for me to get around, so I'm not really complaining, but it, it would be nice to to have a, a successful team. And they haven't been in the playoffs in five years. Oh, it's only halfway there. Yeah, if you win, people are going to show up. Like I say that all the time. Like, you could have the worst record in in the league, and you know you're going to get your diehards that are going to show up. But if you win, people will show up, and, and you know it becomes the hit thing and the and the new in vogue thing that everybody wants to go see. And, and the Yankees were like that. I, I grew up. I'm a little older than. Um, maybe you too, but I, I grew up in a dark time when the Yankees were really, really, really bad, and um, once they got good, it was like, now it's like everybody wants to go to the Yankee game, everybody has a Yankees hat, everybody has a, a back then a Derek Jeter jersey, and, and now it's Aaron Judge and, and all these other guys, so um, you know, winning sells, and, and winning is fun too, and everybody wants to win, so. It did surprise me too when I went to that game last year, um, and afterwards, just noticing how purposeful the Devils organization is in connecting with its fans. Like, it really tries hard. They did those, like, season ticket handouts and, like, who was it that delivered hot wings to fans yeah. that one time? I well, think and, it was. and that bobblehead, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that Taylor Hall, like, bobblehead giveaway. Yeah. And then, like, the gold bobbleheads and you got to meet him, like, right after the game, which, like to us as Oilers fans is a foreign concept because yeah. the Oilers do absolutely nothing to connect with their fans. 
And they protect their yeah. players from the public sphere so much that it's infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really cool to yeah, see well, that engagement, for sure. That, that's, that's one of the things in the since uh, Mr. Lou uh, Amaro has left here, um, it's been a, a changing of the guard top to bottom with the franchise. And they never used to do those kind of things where uh, players are scanning tickets as you're coming in on opening night or they have this uh, I, you were here last year for the, the first game I believe and, yeah uh, they have like the, the red carpet where the players come out and they high five all the fans like they never did any of that two three four years ago um, I'm sure you, 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 you both probably saw the, the thing with Corey Schneider a couple of weeks ago at the preseason game where he didn't play and yeah he's in disguise and he picked out some kid and said hey your jersey looks outdated let me give you a new one and let me sign it too while I'm here like these are things that they've never really did before so for the fans they're like wow this is so cool and now that the key is they have to keep it up they have to mm-hmm. uh, keep them you know they did the thing with the, the kid how many retweets for season tickets and they gave him like a ridiculously low number but it's good promotion yeah. for the team and yeah. friend, friend, friends at my day job that aren't hockey fans are like hey I heard the Devils gave away free tickets to some kid like that's when you're you know you're reaching you know, pretty far because if people who don't know the sport are hearing about that thing, then that's that's pretty cool. That means that it, it's making a little bit of an impact, and um, they've hired some new people with the social media and those kind of things. So it's interesting to see as it evolves and, and how how they become more interactive with the fans, and it's something that fans really wanted. Like I mentioned, open practices they never had that before. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I cover the team, like I said you know, 12, 13, 14 seasons, and I could probably count on two hands how many times they've done that, and and most of them are within the last three or four years, so um, it's been pretty cool to, to see it evolve, and, and you hope that it continues, and um, it, it is different from where you live in, in Edmonton, where hockey is king, and it's it's centralized, and I'm sure you guys know if, if McDavid goes to the mall, or if, if Dreisaitl is, you know, at the barbershop, and stuff like that, Around here, these guys can they can live in town and and they can be just normal people and they can go to the mall and pick up sneakers or whatever people do at the mall and uh, they don't have to worry about being bothered or recognized because they're not uh, you know player for the New York Yankees or a player for the New York Giants or um, you know somebody on the New York Knicks that's always in the the public eye. Um, they can live pretty much normal lives here and and but they do do a lot of, you know, signing appearances and stuff like that, and um, the, most of the fans know where the players come out after games and they'll wait for them to get their autographs. And, um, I think it's a little crazy when, you, when you're sitting out there at, uh, you know, 11 o'clock at night and it's the middle of February and you're waiting for somebody to get an autograph. <laughs> I say, you know, I, I, might, I might maybe try and do that in October when it's uh, <laughs> warmer, but but that's just me, you know. I walk out and, and I see all those people there, and I'm like, they're crazy. Like, but know. you know, to each their own, and, and and that's that's part of being, you know, uh, a fan is part of being a fanatic, right? I mean, that, that all comes with it. So to each their own. Our favorite story was after Taylor got traded. He was like out on the town with 
Henrique and people asked him for a photo, but then asked Taylor to take it for them because they had no idea who he was. <laughs> and I, but I think that's great. And like coming, having him having played here, and I think the same thing is going to be true for Jordan Everly um, with the Islanders. Like just having been here and being so recognizable um, to so many people, I think it's probably good to be away from that. And, and like you say, be allowed oh, yeah. to kind of like live their lives a little bit and like do things and like, like Everly's wife, um, she's been out and about whatever, like showing off this where the, they think they're living in, in Garden, Garden City. City. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, she couldn't do what she does on her Instagram in Calgary yeah, because people would follow her and find her. Um, but in Garden City, oh, nobody yeah, knows who yeah, she course. is, right? Yeah. And, and, and for the, the media aspect too, like. You know, and, and Edmonton after a game is 20 to 50 people waiting to talk to all the players. Here there's, you know, 10 to 15, maybe 20 tops if, if it's a Rangers game or or a, a big game in the standings or something like that. But, you know, for the most part we have um, one, two, two, three beat writers, you know, the one TV crew and... and <laughs> You know, a couple of other reporters like myself that I can't be there all the time because I do have another job. And I can't be at every practice, and but I'm I'm at every game. But uh, you know, the practices and the uh, and the, the day in day out kind of stuff, I'm not there for. Those days, you know, Taylor Hall and all these guys are talking to three or four people after a practice. Where I'm sure every practice is like a you know huge event out in Edmonton and, and I'm sure it's on like the, the 5 o'clock news and the 12 o'clock news and, yep, <laughs> and it certainly is. Center and all that stuff you know out here you know ESPN doesn't cover hockey so you know it's all about oh my god LeBron changed his headband or <laughs> you know, oh my god this, this guy's wearing one one white sock and one gray sock oh my god like, the end of the world <laughs> you know it, it's a little bit different uh, lifestyle on and off the ice I think for, for the players and I, I think it's good like you said, Everly, I'm sure he's going to have a really, really uh, nice transition to, to Edmund, uh, from Edmonton to Brooklyn, and, and um, you know, hopefully he has a good season there. I, I think he should if he plays with uh, Tavares all season. Yeah. I'm curious when you are um, talking to players afterwards, who who can you go to for an interview that isn't, you know, we play, we didn't give our 110%, we didn't follow our game plan. Like, who can you go to for quotes that actually give the, you some substance? For, for the non-cliche answers? Yeah. Um, there, there's, a, there's a few guys. Uh, Kyle Palmieri is, is one that first comes to mind. Uh, he's, he's pretty critical of himself and the team, and he's not generally afraid to say it. Um, they're, they're all pretty good. I mean... Last year they lost like something like ten games in a row, and they almost went like a month where they didn't win a game. And you get tired of you. You almost get tired of asking them. You know, okay, you know, you lost again. What went wrong tonight? How come you guys didn't win? And and to a man, they would all say, you know, we have to find ways to win games. And yeah. it's like, all right, yeah, but how do you, how do you do that? Like, <laughs> and then you don't want to, you know, especially after a loss, you don't want to. Uh, you don't want to prod too hard. That's maybe a, a question for the, the next practice or something like that. And um, for me, I, I always like interviewing players after wins rather than losses because it's it's a lot easier. It makes my job a lot easier. Um, but for 
me, I, I do a lot of features too. I'm not doing game recap, so mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily there to ask uh, Kyle Palmieri, you know, what did you think about the play that you were on the ice when you gave up a goal uh, in the, the middle of the second period or something like that. Like I, I might want to do like a more in-depth kind of thing. So for me, it makes more sense to find the guy uh, on whatever team won and, and do a story that way. But um, Ben Lovejoy is another guy. I just did an article with him uh, uh, this past week, and he's so uh, descriptive in his answers. He's and uh, the word I used uh, was loquacious. Like he's very wordy with his answers, but you actually feel like you're learning things too. Like um, he, he's very descriptive and. and what he did wrong or what the team needs to do and, and those kind of things. So he's always been a good guy. Um, I, I like Corey Schneider because he's a pretty stand-up guy. Like, if they lose 4-3, he's not going to say, you know, we should have scored four goals. He's going to say, I shouldn't have gave up four goals. Right. Um, and that, that's sometimes refreshing, you know. Uh, that That's not always the case with, with NHL players. And, and look, it's, it's tough, but I think... I think as much as the media and the fans scrutinize players, I think inside that room when the doors are closed, the, the other players, the coaches, the the training staff, you know, the front office people, I think they're all more critical than anybody else could ever be, which some fans will say, yeah, right, because we're super critical, you know, sometimes over the top, but I don't think it means to as much to them as, as it, it does if it comes from inside that room, and that's we saw at the end of last season, these guys care. Like, you know, they lost, like I said, they lost almost like a month's worth of games in a row. And um, you could see it was wearing on them. And, and you could see that they were getting angry. And, and I think John Moore was one at the end of the season where he, like, really, I want to say exploded, but he really went to town on everybody saying, like, this is unacceptable. Like, we just lost five to two. And, like, nobody really, you know, everybody's out there going through the motions and, like, this has to change. And that's what I think teams are looking for when they're evaluating their teams and, and trying to build a team the right way and build a core group of, of veterans to to have around when you do bring in younger players because the game is the game has really become a young man's game and you're seeing, you know, older guys get phased out because they either make too much money or they're too slow and the younger player is cheaper and the younger player is faster. And that's that's the way the NHL is now. That's true. It's definitely a, a a competition in improving yourself in order to get that spot. I'm curious if we could sort of switch to um, uh, your work with uh, the, the Women's League. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there might be some overlap there with getting fans and getting attention, like the devil's experience with that league as a whole. Um, can you kind of comment on that? How how can that league maybe been grow, be grown? What do challenges do they face right now? Uh, the biggest challenges are sponsorships because they need money, um, and just creating awareness and attention about them. Like uh, a lot of people I talk to, they don't even know they exist until I mention it or I bring it up or. I'm wearing a Connecticut whale shirt and they say, oh, the whalers. And I'm like, no, it's a little different. <laughs> you know, it, and then it becomes a 10 minute conversation, but that's, you know, that's one more person that knows about it. Um, it, it is challenging because, and it's, it's frustrating, especially,
especially because um, three of the, there's only four teams in the league: Boston, Buffalo, Connecticut, and New York, which plays in New Jersey. Um, <laughs> of course, and three of those teams play. Yeah, three of those teams play in in uh, the NHL teams practice rinks in Buffalo, Boston, and New Jersey. Um, and a lot of times, if you went to a Bruins, Sabres, a Devils game, you would have no idea that those teams existed at all. So that's that's the challenge. Like that's the the frustrating part that uh, just getting the Devils to acknowledge that they exist, that they're there. Like getting the, the the Sabres. You know, they had a night for Buffalo Butte because they won the championship. But before then, you know, how many times did they mention them during the eight week? or the 16-week season, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the, the frustrating part, and, and it's frustrating for the for the women, too. Um, for me, I've loved, really, really loved and enjoyed doing that job because all the, I've gotten to know a lot of the players, and they're all really good people, and they're all like me in a lot of ways, where they work nine-to-five jobs, and then they practice two nights a week, and then on the weekends, they have good games, and... Um, uh, so I can identify with that that mentality of you know I'm really tired right now at the end of a nine to five shift and then I have to change and for me put on a suit and go to a game for them it's they have to some of the girls live in around here that they live in New York City and they have to take the train to Newark with all their gear and everything and and uh, you know practice hard for two hours and then clean up and then back over to New York City and do it all again the next day and, and it's um, they're, and like I said they're, they're all really really and the, the jobs I mean that they all have they're all all over the spectrum whether they're teachers or coaches um, startup businesses uh, engineers you, you know all, all those kind of things and for me it's fascinating like a, to, to learn about their stories how they came up 95% of those girls in, in that league have come up uh, started playing against boys, and mm-hmm. then they like were destroying the boys where they weren't allowed to play anymore against the boys because they were too good. But then they, there wasn't a women's team, so then what did they do? Like, and for most of them, when they went to college, this wasn't an option for them. Like, they, now they do get paid, but they don't get paid a lot. They they do not get paid enough to support themselves to not have another job. Um, the, the league itself has one big sponsor, Dunkin' Donuts, and they've been phenomenal. But they need more, more sponsors like that that can um, pony up some money and, and help them, you know, help their brand grow. And, it, and it's, it's a startup, uh, excuse me, it's a startup business. Uh, whether we want to admit it or not, it, it's a startup business, and um, this is just, you know, the, the the start of it. This is just year three. And I, I spoke with uh, one of my contacts that I deal with in, in the front office of the league the other day about the upcoming season and what we want to do and like a plan of attack. And um, it got me really excited again because uh, the, the games, I mean, the games are really fun to be at. And um, uh, as one of the players said, if you like hockey, I don't understand why you wouldn't like women's hockey. You just have to give it a chance. Uh, you know, I've seen an exciting eight to six game be just as exciting as a two to nothing game. Um, so it, it's that's that's one of the one of the things uh, that I've really enjoyed the last couple of years is being able to get to know them and be a part of that something that's building from the ground up and hopefully it can be very successful in a couple of years. And 
you know, hopefully I'm there along with them for the ride and, and, uh, and I can make it, uh, make, you know, make more awareness and, and get more eyeballs on them. And this year they're going to be, they have a deal with Twitter where they're going to have yeah, games I saw streaming that. there. And that, that's another thing too. Like, well, they, you know, the games aren't on TV. It's like, I, I could put on, you know, NBC sports on a, you know, Saturday, uh, excuse me, like a, a Friday or a Thursday afternoon and there's, uh, fishing is on. And I'm like, <laughs> how is there fishing on TV? And we can't get these girls on TV. You know, even if the game is on tape delay or something like that, or, but they stream all their games for free on the website and then, um, they play, um, I think there's 18 games this year. So we're going to have one game every week is going to be broadcast live on Twitter where you can just open up your Twitter app and the, the video is going to pop up when you click on it. And, and, uh, you might even see me on TV because I might be doing some, uh, I haven't even told anybody yet, but I guess I can tell you guys. Oh, I got um, an exclusive. Some of the, <laughs> some, some of the, um, some of the, the home games for the Rivers, um, and maybe some other games depending on the scheduling and stuff like that. I'm going to be, uh, doing like, uh, intermission interviews, grabbing a player as they come off the ice and, you know, two or three questions and then, back to the, the regular play-by-play guy, play-by-play guy. So uh, fingers crossed that all works out, and, um, and hopefully we have a good season and maybe expand next year if, uh, if the season goes well and we get some more sponsors. I was just, I was just thinking, um, would it... Because we also have the, the Canadian Women's Hockey League, and I know there's issues um, mm-hmm. with like work visas and, and whatever, and so it makes it tough. Um, for those leagues to maybe like come together, but I'm wondering if like that's something that would potentially help to to bring a little bit more exposure to that women's game by having you know some more competition and more opportunity for them to play, right? Yeah, I think uh, I don't think that both leagues can survive at the same time for maybe another ten years. I would say. You know, you, you have to join forces at some point. Um, I think that's what's best for the sport, what's best for all the women involved. Um, but those things are easier said than done. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I always say with, you know, fans always, oh, why don't we just cut this guy? You know, he only makes two point something million, whatever. Well, it's really easy to spend other people's money when it's not your money. If, <laughs> if I'm an owner, I'm not going to like, I'm not paying this guy $2 million to not play for me and then yeah. maybe go play for somebody else, right? I mean, so with, with the, the Canadian Women's League and the, the National Women's League, uh, at some point, somebody's going to have to swallow their pride and, and they're going to have to merge. I don't know if it's going to be with the same commissioners as they are now. Um, I don't know if that's possible, maybe. But at some point, because it's almost like it's it's like cannibalism, like you're you're uh, robbing each other, and, and some of the fans, and for the most part, the, the fans of the women's game are very easygoing. Like there's no hatred, there's no like, oh, we hate this team or we hate those players. Like everybody's just happy that, that it's just there at this point. Like uh, even the the players, like you know, when they're on the ice, it's it's physical and it's you know me against you. But once the game is over, and, and these girls, they, they'll stay out and for an hour, hour and a half after the game, and sign autographs, take pictures with every fan that wants. Um, but, you know, if the Riveters play a game against Boston, Boston's going to come walking out through the same tunnel uh, or through the 
same lobby and they're going to, they know every, you know, they all know each yeah. other. They played with each other in college or um, they know so-and-so who knows so-and-so. And, you know, they're, they're all out there hugging, hey, good game, you know. Oh, I haven't seen you in like three years or whatever, or I haven't seen you since last year. So it, it's really cool to, to be around that and, and to see, especially the, the faces on the little boys and girls uh, when they get to meet these girls after the game. Uh, these women after the game and, and get their pictures taken with them, get an autograph, whatever, you know, it, it's really neat to see all that go down. And, and that's like one of the, my favorite parts of, of everything is just um, even coming to the rink, like the, the players walk from the locker room right to the fans and they're high-fiving, you know, all these little kids as they go by. And you see the little kid turn around and run over to the mom, oh, my God, like Rebecca Russo high-fived me or <laughs> this other player high-fived me, you know, and it's like, that, that's really cool like you you know we're all adults and uh, we don't have that maybe innocence anymore that, that we had when we were kids growing up and it's really neat to see that and um, hopefully it continues you know uh, hopefully they find a way to make make both leagues work or work together or become one and, and um, like I said if we can put fishing on TV and, and there's tons of useless content that's on TV on, on multiple thousands of channels like there should be a spot for, for their sports too so uh, hopefully that's something that, that comes to fruition uh, at some point soon yeah for sure and I think it's really important too because I think you were the one that told me that um, the women actually get a cut of their is it jerseys and jersey sales that's correct yep they get uh, I think it's 15% of, of every sale that has their name on, on anything so that's mm-hmm. you know it's not a lot of money the, the jerseys are $120 and the, the jerseys are maybe $30 plus shipping or whatever but um, for them to get a little bit of extra money like that's every little bit helps and, and they did have their salaries cut in half last year mm-hmm. we haven't gotten the information yet about this season's salaries but we will soon um, but I don't expect them to be very much so you know, every little bit helps for them, and uh, I work at a bakery, so, you know, the days when I work at a bakery and then I go over there for practice, I'll bring them a couple of dozen dinner rolls, something like that, for them to, you know, uh, we make uh, a cranberry walnut dinner roll, which they all love, and, and, you know, I'll bring like four dozen for, for 20 of them, and it's gone in <laughs> 10 minutes, something like that, but, but, you know, and some of them, you know, I'll bring like, uh, sometimes I'll bring some loaves, too, and this way they can split it up and they can take it with them to work, you know, for lunch the next day or for breakfast the next day. You know, anything that can help them make their day a little bit easier and um, help them where they don't have to spend money on food or, or, you know, things like that. And hopefully, like I said, hopefully it all works out and and they're very successful in a couple of years. I think that's really cool, especially because it makes you feel like you have, like, direct participation in that league. Like, your money for their jersey goes to them, which is such a different business model from the NHL. It's it's so personalized, which is really neat. Yeah. Um, But that's kind of all... Sorry, go ahead. um, I'm sorry. Uh, One of the players, uh, the captain of Rivers, uh, Ashley Johnson, she's one that um, she... She drives three. She lives in Albany, upstate New York, and she'll drive three hours after work, come to practice, stay over, and then drive back early in the morning, go back to work, and you know her, her schedule is ridiculously crazy. And 
I would play for free. Now, nobody wants to play for free, obviously, but yeah. she loves the game so much that the money isn't isn't what's driving it. It's it's making a difference. It's setting a foundation. It's being a trailblazer, being a pioneer for other little girls to look up to that can say, you know, when I grow up, I want to play here instead of when I grow up, I want to be Connor McDavid. Like, mm-hmm. it gives them another option, uh, another avenue. And and she's one of the ones where any money that she makes off of her jersey or jersey sales, uh, she donates it to a charity like immediately. So that's you know that's another aspect of where they're making a difference and. Again, it's not a lot of money, but um, she is one of a, a pretty popular player around here, and, and especially among the Derivators fan base. So um, there are a lot of jersey sales for her, and, and it's nice to know that that money goes. I wish I could remember the the, the charity that she sent the money to. But I have it. I did an article on her uh, during the season, but it's escaping me right now. Uh, and I don't have my laptop open, so I apologize. But she does <laughs> send all of her proceeds to. Uh, to a pretty good uh, charity that I believe it's, uh, I'm not even going to speculate because I might come up with something totally wrong. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. I don't want to uh, say that she donated to this place and she really didn't. But uh, I, I think everybody understands the, the drift of what I'm trying to get at. Like, she, she's one of the, you know, there's 100 players in the league and, and she's just like every other one of them where they're, they're very dedicated to making this work so that future generations have girls to look at and um, I think uh, it would be a huge boost if uh, the Olympics in February, if Team USA won the gold medal, it would be huge because a lot of those players played in this league. Um, and then the league can be like, hey, you know, look, Hillary Knight just won a gold medal at the Winter Olympics, and the last two seasons she played here with the Boston Pride, mm-hmm. uh, where she you know, fine-tuned her skills and prepared her for this moment, stuff like that. Like, that would be a really big boom for the league. Not, I mean, I'm sure it would be great for the Canadian Women's League, too. And <laughs> you guys have won plenty of medals over the past <laughs> years. So, maybe you could just let us have just this one, and then you can go back to dominating after that. That'd it's, be pretty cool. But, it's funny that uh, you... Now, in all serious, you know, just having them on TV, yeah. Yeah. although the, the games are going to be, you know, for, for this time zone I think it's like a day and a half (laughs) of time difference so I'm sure the games will be on at like 4 o'clock in the morning here but the people that will watch it will be like you know I hope that on the broadcast they say here's Brianna Decker from Team USA and last year she played with the Boston Pride Mm -hmm. Uh, she's the all time leader uh, league leader in points for the history of the league like just little mentions like that you know, the average people that watch NBC or whatever station it's going to be on uh, that have no idea that this league exists. And then, you know, then you open up your laptop and you know that the way that the generation is now, like, you can find out information on just about anything at any time, whether you're at a bar, whether you're at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look at your phone, look at your laptop, Google search, what's the NWHL? And then, you know, hopefully that, that leads to more fans and, and those kind of things. That That's the hope. Um, before we let you go, I have a question about the Yankees. I don't really have a question about the Yankees. I just want to know <laughs> how good Aaron Judge is. Because I would talk about Aaron Judge for the rest of my life if Kelsey would let me. <laughs> and she won't. So, basically, Aaron Judge is your version of her Taylor Hall. 
Hall? Is that what's going well, on? Well, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 I, I suppose. I mean, like, Taylor Hall is my version of Taylor Hall, too, but, like, <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've been super but enjoying... Your baseball channel. Yes, very much so. Like from what I've seen and what I've heard, like yeah, you're right. He seems like he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders. Um, I've I'm not really like a super baseball fan, but when I was growing up, my dad was a Yankees fan, and so like that was the only baseball we ever really watched. Um, and yeah. this year, I had a really hard time with the Oilers just for a whole bunch of reasons. And so like <laughs> during the playoffs, even um, the game that the Oilers won seven one against the Ducks, I had turned it off after the first. And I watched the Yankees play the Cubs that night, and it was like an 18 inning game, and it was like it was the best Sunday oh, night. Oh yeah, yeah, that was the Sunday night game, sure, sure. And it was and it was so good. And I went to work, and everyone the next morning, all the guys at work were talking about um, the Oilers game, and I was like, well, I don't know what happened. I turned it off after the first, and I watched baseball, and they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, guys, it was great. It was so <laughs> so so good. <laughs> well, kind of a little bit, yeah, yeah. But it was it's I found for me like watching baseball has been. Um, a, kind of a way back into team sports in a way 
Um, and mm-hmm. I think because the Yankees have had a pretty good season and because there's, like, this new face of the franchise, I think it's, like, for me, it's been very helpful to, like, get into it again. Um, but I enjoy watching on Twitter when you're watching the games, like, when, yeah. when, when Judge, like, does something great. I'm like, yes, there's someone else out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I've tried to, uh, as I've gained more followers and, and evolved as a Twitter user and everything for me is trial and error. Like, I didn't grow up in this technology age. I'm kind of going with the flow, and I try and limit my... You know, screaming about every play in the Yankee game on Twitter, those kind of things. Like, it's not everybody's there to follow me for that. A lot of people follow me for the NWHL coverage or for the Devils or for the NHL stuff. So I, I try and tone it down a little bit. But uh, you know, every now and then I'll pop in now uh, recently and, and mention Judgment Night or, or something like that, as I'm sure you've seen. So um, you know, because I am a fan too. I don't. That's that's one of the things about. Uh, being a writer is, um, you know, when you first start out, like, you're just really excited to just be there. You're like, oh, my God, like, Martin Bernard is right there, and that's my favorite player, and I'm standing <laughs> in the locker room, like, two inches away from him. I'm supposed to pretend like everything is cool. <laughs> and then as, as you get and then as you get a little bit older and, and more experienced, you're like, all right, you know, this is this is what I do, and, and uh, you know, everything's fine. And, and then, you know, you, you almost... You have to put your fandom aside and just do your job. But if the team does well, then it makes your job better. So you, in, the, in those ways, you kind of root for them. But as I've gotten older, I more root for individuals rather than teams. And don't get me wrong, it'd be great if the Devils could make the playoffs this year. It'd be good for my job. Um, it'd be fun for all my friends and those kind of things. And um, When they're on the road, I like to go out and have a drink with my friends get some dinner and watch the game um, but it's other sports is where I can really be a fan and mm-hmm. you know and, and even that I won't I won't go on Twitter and be like this umpire sucks he needs to you know <laughs> get out of here or you know I might do it some a little bit more with football than the baseball because uh, football is once a week and um, I'm a pretty big Giants fan even though they stick this year <laughs> but I, you know I, I grew up like I said I grew up hard times with the Yankees the Giants were pretty good the Devils were crap and then they got really good um a lot of my fandom has been spoiled like uh you know I always say you know can you imagine like like Devils fans could uh, bad example maybe a bad example but Devils fans are oh my god we haven't been to playoffs in five years this is like the worst ever there are teams that have never even made the finals once. There's Edmonton. When was the last time they were in the finals? Like 2006. Um, was it the, the, the Carolinas? Yeah, yeah. And, and before that, 1990. Before that, what, <laughs> 14 years before that. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's 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 pump our brakes a little bit here as to how bad your your fan your your team the team that you're a fan of is doing. Um, I mean, can you imagine being a fan of like? the Columbus Blue Jackets or something like that. Or the like, Vancouver Canucks. Grand, <laughs> Grand, right, that's, that's another good example. Or the Buffalo Sabres, like teams that have been around for a really long time. The Philadelphia Flyers haven't won since 1970s. Like, they've been to the finals a couple of times, but they, they didn't win. Like, there are fans of that team that, and, and it's for every team, I'm sure, but there are fans that I know of the Flyers that, like, I've never seen them win. Like, I, was, I wasn't born yet before they won, you know, or, or, you know, so 
th- those kind of things, like I always try and take take that into perspective. And um, like I said, a little spoiled around here. The Yankees won, you know, five. I think it's five championships. I saw them win. I saw the Giants win four or five championships. So uh, the Devils three. You know, th- those are my teams. So it's like I, I can't really complain. And, and and now I get to do something pretty cool. And um, I'm, I'm pretty happy with, with where I'm at. And um, you know, now would be be great if if uh, the NWHL takes off too. And you know, I'm, I'm just a big fan of sports in general. But I know that there's a, a spot where you have to split it between being a fan and, and trying to get the information out to people and, and, and those kind of things. And I guess that's what I'm talking about with my, my Twitter feed. I'm, I'm trying to be more informative rather than be a fan, but sometimes it comes out. So mm-hmm. <laughs> just bear with me. <laughs> well, we want to thank you. Uh, we're going to wrap it up now, if that's okay with you. Um, but this was amazing. <laughs> We loved having you on a guest, and we'd love to have you back in the future if you'd like to come back. Sure, absolutely. I can ramble for another hour. <laughs> Perfect. That's um, excellent. Just so, the, just so the people know, where they, where can they find you on social media, and where is your stuff? Uh, okay. Um, on social media, Twitter. Uh, I don't do Instagram. Um, so Twitter is the best way to find me, at DR, which is my initials, Dan Rice. Uh, Diablo, D-I- a-B-L-O and then THW which is the Hockey Writers where I work for um, and you can find my work on thehockeywriters.com um, most of the stuff is going to be under the Devils team page but um, so if opening night if uh, who we play if Colorado wins I probably won't be interviewing a Devil after the game I'll probably be interviewing a Colorado Avalanche player um, so be on the lookout for those kind of things and then nwhl.zone is uh, the women's league website and um, we're going to try and have um, I'm going to try and have at least one new article a week or one feature a week on uh, different players I think with 18 weeks and 100 players I should have enough to get me covered and probably have maybe more than one a week if, if things work out okay and uh, yeah that's pretty much it and I just want to say thanks again for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much, Janet. And best of luck with the Riveters and with the uh, commentary and all that. We'll look forward to it, and we'll try to tweet out when that's happening. I'm hoping to watch some games, too, if we yeah. can this Yeah, this for year. sure. That's awesome. That'd be great. I appreciate it so much. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Have a great day. You, too. Bye-bye. So thanks again to Dan. Um I really learned a lot about New Jersey and also his job and how writers function, which was really interesting to me. Uh, and so we really appreciate the time that you spent with us and then hopefully we'll have him back in the future as well. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, just to get some insight from elsewhere, right? Because yeah. we were pretty insular in our sort of hockey insight here. Absolutely. Um, I think the most interesting thing that he said was just about how he wants to... Um, interact with fans yeah as a writer and i'm like well maybe you should teach that to some of our media here and that that's valued as crucial as part of the reporting experience yeah it's not just the players but then also i found it really interesting how um the women of the nwhl are so integral to 
as soon as you're done it, integral to the league, but I mean, like, him and the women have such an integral relationship to each other. Like, yeah. Neither of them can succeed without the yeah. other, which is definitely not how it's viewed in the NHL, I don't oh, think. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, some of the writers that we are exposed to succeed in spite of themselves, so... <laughs> And I'll just leave it there. But some super exciting things are, are happening for Dan, and I'm definitely going to try to catch some of those games on Twitter. Yeah, and I really absolutely. want a Riveters t-shirt. They're so they are cool. cool. It's such an awesome logo now that I got paid for the first time since oh, June 29. Yes. So good. That's one of my plans. Um, and it was funny, too, when you mentioned Hillary Knight, and I was like, man, if I, like, you saw how little kids when they, like, get to meet yes. these players, I was like, shit, if I high-fived Hillary Knight, I would lose my mind. Like, life changed. She's incredible. She totally is. Um, anyway, so we're gonna flip gears a little bit, because we usually, usually we do, like, our sportsy things and then, like, our other stuff, um, but this is just a lot of hockey, so sorry if you don't like hockey, I don't know why you're listening to us. <laughs> Um, but, uh, I want to, I wanted to talk about this, and I feel like Kelsey probably has something she can weigh in on this one as well. Um, on Twitter the other night, um, Kyla, who used to work over at Oilers Nation and is now the editor of, uh, Women's Hockey Magazine, uh, I think it's called Women's Hockey Life, um, she, uh, sent out, she tweeted something the other day, which I thought was really, really interesting. Um, and she said that women start, need to start using hashtag wife material, when posting of photos of their degrees and careers, not the meals they made. Education is sexy. Um, and I, I want to start off, I guess, before we like get into it. I don't think that there's anything inherently bad with like being a good cook and like, sh- you know, showing that off as well. Um, but the sentiment that Kyla um, is expressing is something that I feel quite, uh, quite deeply about because I agree with her a hundred percent. Yeah. That like. There's certain things in our society, and her and I have been talking in the days since she posted that, um, there's certain things in our society that are like sort of seen as normal kind of hallmarks of like adulthood, and you've hit certain points in in your life, and you've like, you've made it somehow, and if you don't do those things, you're somehow not at that same level. Right. Um, you don't fit a social norm. Yeah, you don't fit the social norm, and like one of those things is the notion of like getting married and having kids, and I think especially for women, I think that's still a very... Um, I think it's still very much expected that that's what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, which, and I know it's funny, like, we're talking here, and I'm going to complain about it, too. I'm married to a woman. But anyway. Um, I complain about my husband all the time, so. True. Yeah, you make marriage sound real great. <laughs> it, it is. It super is. You you heard about our Ed Sheeran controversy last I did. night, so. It's good. Uh, Chris, Chris wins points for trying to make the dad joke, because I think that's funny. I would, okay, we're getting way off track, but you go ahead. Um, so here's the here's the thing about, about what Kyla had to say and, and some of the, the discussion, I think, surrounding that issue is that, like, at some point in time, we have to stop, as a society, valuing certain, like, life milestones over others. Um, because they're not, they're equally important, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a, a thread, I don't remember if it was a Reddit thread or something, about... Um, people who have been, like women who have had their academic achievements especially downplayed because they're still single or whatever. Like people who, I, I read one, a post from a lady one time, she was like the youngest person in, in the history of Stanford University to get a PhD in a certain department. And someone was like, oh, well, that's nice. When are you going to get married? And I was just like, wait, what? You can't even like be like, congratulations on this amazing accomplishment mm-hmm. and then wait five seconds to ask, like, what? It was like the same comment. 
Ugh. And I was just like, that's so gross and so ugly. Yeah. And so, I don't know, for me, like, I mean, I have three university degrees. Not that you would know it, but the way that I, like, comport myself on the internet sometimes. But, like, I have three university degrees, two bachelor's degrees, and a master's degree. And, like, I'm proud of that. I worked really hard for those. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still have people asking, well, when are you going to settle down? I'm pretty settled. And the settling down is really sort of loaded vocabulary for something else. Yes. Right. Yeah, like, it when are you going to settle down and get married? Yeah. Well, maybe never. Well, if I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. You've been to my house a number of times now. I feel like I'm fairly settled. You're very settled. <laughs> you live here. I definitely live you here. You 100% live here. Yeah. But the, I feel you, and I receive some of that, too. Not necessarily um, the marriage stuff, but when will you have kids? And Chris and I have been married for two years together for 12. And that's definitely pressure coming from family to do that. Mm-hmm. And... I have no interest at the moment. Yeah. Who has fucking time for that? I've got a career I'm trying to establish. A thank you. Um, I'm sorry. I feel like you're supposed to have children. I think that's your job. I just don't think it's... Where would they come from? <laughs> I'm... This is why Kelsey teaches English. <laughs> not biology. Um, I think if I didn't know where they come from, I'd accidentally have a few by now. Yeah, probably. I mean... I... I'm five to a hundred pounds. Yeah. How could? How could Megan? It's possible. How could? I worked. I worked with a girl who has who has two children now, and she's about your size. I just think and it's. It was, yeah. I just think pregnancy is a racket. <laughs> There's a parasite that lives in you mm-hmm. for nine months, and then eighteen years after the. And then fact, you're expected to care for it forever. Leeching your life force. And your beauty and your youth. <laughs> and I just, I just don't know. Keep in Some mind. Some of this is facetious. Yeah, Some of this. <laughs> a little bit. Keep in mind, we teach children. I don't know. But it was just an interesting That's observation that, that Kyla had made. And, and I know that, like, um, I know that, that there are people who believe that, you know, that, like, like you know, quote unquote wife material. Yeah, like when you cook a nice meal for your partner or whatever like yeah that's great I'm glad you can do that but like why can't we be Mm -hmm. more proud of those educational accomplishments and career accomplishments without it being made out to be like a competition or like a well that's nice but because I feel like that doesn't happen for men in that same way no and there's also the especially for women like I've been to a lot of weddings in the past two years even and there's this weird there's this weird sort of narrative that's unsaid about how a marriage is like the peak achievement in one's life. You know? And that's, If my peak achievement is saying yes to a question, I gotta get some new achievements. I know, right? And, and always the gross narrative for men and the joke around it is like, oh, well, now that your life's over, now that you're yeah. getting married, right? And it's just, it's a really strange... Yeah, but, like, for women, it's not that, that same it's narrative about like your life that. being over. It's, like... And everyone's, like, oh, you'll be a beautiful bride. Why won't you tell me that we'll make a great couple? Yeah. Why doesn't anyone say to him... Oh, you'll be a, you'll be a, such a handsome groom. Yeah. That doesn't have... Like, there's just very loaded vocabulary yeah. around wife and marriage for how it... How it sort of devalues mm-hmm. women. 
which is quite startling, which we've kind of alluded to when we talked about, like, you know, asking for permission with proposals and, right. and things like that. And I think we got to say again, like, you do you. Whatever you choose is... Yeah. Is yeah, like, if you want to get married and have 19 children, go for it. Man. Go for it. Like, it'll keep me employed longer, so keep having those kids, because I need kids to teach. Um, yeah. But, like... Yeah, the, the, that loaded vocabulary, I think, is maybe the problem. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of things that that I see where I'm just sort of like, oh, I feel like there's more to this person than just... Than X, yeah. Than just this, than being a wife and being a mom. Like, I read an article once, um, I don't remember when it was, and, or where I found it, but it was about this woman who said that, like, she it was basically like an open letter to her husband or whatever about how now that they were parents that she was like 99% mother and 1% wife and I was like that's disgusting can't you just be 100% human and like deal with all the other things yeah and what is he now yeah he's still 100% man I bet yeah and there's no distinction on his label and I found that that whole thing really gross and so it was just an interesting thing that that she had brought up um and I don't know I don't know the context for for why she tweeted it out and I didn't ask and I don't think and it really matters. And there wasn't anything that followed. No. No. No, and I, I don't think it necessarily matters. Someone did reply to that tweet and said, like, well, I'm proud of the meals that I make for my husband. And then she sort of said, Yeah, that's good, but you know, there are other things that we can use as that we can for, use yeah. as this label for. And I think that like I think that's a really important thing. And like maybe piggybacking off of uh, what Dan talked about with the the women that play in the NWHL and some of the community outreach work that they do and like you know giving um, voice to to girls today that like yeah they they can be the next Hillary Knight instead of the next Conrad David or the next yes. Amanda Kessel perfectly um, said yeah right and I think that's a really important thing too and so like why why wouldn't we want to have more examples of what that means than just like you know those traditional roles, I yeah. guess, was, was sort of the thing. And I just, I've been thinking about it for days since she posted that. And I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I feel that. Yeah. And I got alluded to it before, like, some of the guys that I work with, um, uh, I, I, I teach mostly with men in the, in the department that I work with, and it's fine, like, we all get along just fine or whatever. But every once in a while, somebody will say something um, that's just, to me, like, really kind of gross about, you know, being married or whatever, like, what it is that their wife does for them. And I'm just like, uh, really? Like, really? Like, you're going to complain that the dinner wasn't ready when you got home? Like, did you think to call and be like, hey, you want me to pick anything up? Oh, my God. You know? It doesn't happen often, but, like, every once in a while, and I was just like, did you did you think of that? That, like, yeah. maybe she's at home with your kids all day, and, like, maybe you should just, like, bring home some dinner? Or be like, hey, we're going to go out. Yeah, and or, I, think, I think it's really interesting because each each couple has a different idea of what role they play in the relationship right I mean because they're very egalitarian or 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 try to be obviously it's very different when at times he's gone mm-hmm. for lengths at a time and so other people pick up the slack but when I I'm in exam week and working really hard he picks up the slack so like there's mm-hmm. but for each each dynamic it's it's very different as to how they view what those roles are supposed to be but mm-hmm. I think we're moving along that spectrum to something that is more equal hopefully yeah well and I noticed too like with my friends um like people that I went to high school with um of like this group of friends that I still have from high school I think only like I want to say maybe three people have kids mm-hmm. and we're all like 33 34 maybe 35 
and only three people in that group have have had kids. Yeah. And I think we're starting to see that shift as well, right? Where where you have more of that. Yeah. People waiting and like you know for those career decisions and and things like that and, and that that's coming. But it's just it's an interest. It's still there's still that mentality that like there are those very traditional roles that need to be filled. Yeah. Um, but like. You know, having come from uh, and, and having spent time as like uh, a leader with Girl Guides of Canada, and like when we used to go camping, and we would show the girls that like, yeah, you know what, you can chop wood. Actually, you don't need you don't need a boy to do these things for you, and we can teach you how to start a fire, and like we, mm-hmm. you know, all of these skills that like are sort of kind of typically in, in that sort of male domain, and that if you want to look at that historical narrative about them, and it was always fun to see the girls like try some of those things mm-hmm. and learn how to do them, and be like, oh yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Um, and so having come from that and like, and I mean, obviously like I'm fairly independent and I don't have any, you know, siblings or whatever. And so I just kind of like have to do things on my own. Um, and sometimes I'll ask my dad for help. Like, I don't like changing light bulbs because I don't like standing on ladders <laughs> or chairs. And so if he comes over here and I happen to have a light bulb, I'm like, dad, can you do this for me? <laughs> but cause I legitimately don't like standing on chairs, but like I can do it. I'm more than capable of yeah. doing things. It's just, sometimes it is nice to have help. Yeah. I suppose. But like just the idea that you know, doing certain jobs makes you marriage material and doing other things doesn't, yeah. I think to me is the problem. Yeah, I agree. Because like, I, I guess at its core for me and, and, you know, think of some of my other friends too, like, I mean, I'm fairly, I have a fairly successful career. I do pretty well for myself. Um, mm-hmm. I bought a house by myself because I could, yeah. you know, and like I've made choices and I took a year off and I went to school which I couldn't probably have done had I been with someone I could have taken a year off but could Do I you have, see how hard I'm shaking my head but could I have gone to Ireland no <laughs> no like I couldn't have done I, I could have taken a year off for sure and like gone back to school here yeah or like Calgary right but could I have just like moved to Dublin no absolutely not 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 with the ease that I did because yes. I didn't have to consider anyone else's whatever and I just did it and it was great it was amazing um, but yeah, like I feel, and so when I see things like that, it sort of feels to me, it's like, but what about all of these markers that if, if I was a man, people are like, that's awesome. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. Mm-hmm. And then for me, it's like, when are you going to get married? I'm like, yeah, probably never. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. When it's a weird, it's just a weird judgment to decide what a successful, I don't know, quote unquote successful life is mm-hmm. and isn't. Right. Yeah, like when when our parents were growing up, that was a successful thing. Like you you settle down and you get married and you have Even kids. Even if it's and, not happy. And you buy yeah, and you buy a house and, and like you, you stay together. Do all these, yeah, and you do all these things. And now I think we're finally, like you said, we're sort of shifting away from some of that, which is good. Mm-hmm. But there's still people holding on to that like notion of the you know the two point four kids and the white picket fence and like that. Yeah. Which I don't think is necessarily realistic for people anymore in that same way. No, I totally agree. Um, but anyway, that was just like a thing that I saw that I really it annoyed me. But I was like, yeah, like this yeah. is still a discussion that we have to have, right? I know, and I think it's important is that idea about how you use your vocabulary and what that vocabulary means beyond just yourself. Because you, for sure, you could consider yourself wife material if you are an awesome cook. Yeah. That's great. A partner would look for that. Absolutely. If that's what they're wanting yeah but it's when we want to be careful about ascribing those qualities to all of a gender yeah. either or to other people or male or other people yeah. yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean like we talked that one time about like me throwing that mouse out the front door 
Like, I didn't need no man to do that. And what was funny is I was telling the guys at work about that, and they were like, what? It's like you touched a mouse? I was like, well, yeah, I had to. Like, I needed it out of my house, man. Yeah. Um, and it was really funny, like, just that. And I was like, and there's no one to do it for me, so I was like, like legitimately, what was I going to do? I know, and there's such a weird, this is going on a different tangent, but they're just a, a very weird... <sighs> I don't know if it's ideation or what about women being weak or like inherently sensitive. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't understand what our bodies do on a day to day basis no. and what they're capable of. No, it's just a, like it's a weird. I don't know if it's juxtaposition. I was just at that AP conference, so like yeah. <laughs> rhetorical devices are really in my mind <laughs> right now. Yeah, but it's it's just like an inherent. It is, yeah, misunderstanding like, of gender. Well, and that idea that like you know. Um, I've seen lots of people say that you have, you know, no idea what pain is until you've like been kicked in the nuts. And I'm like, I'm going to tell you a story <laughs> about a time when I thought my uterus had grown hands and was trying to claw itself out of my body. Mm-hmm. Um, which thankfully doesn't happen anymore to that level. But like, oh my, I used to miss school when yeah. I was in high school, like one or two days a month yep. because I couldn't get out of bed. I know. It would hurt so bad for me that I would throw up. And that's just like it's a normal. normal. That's it's a totally normal. normal thing. Yeah. And that sucks that it's normal. It's so bizarre. Um. And so like I don't know. I've never been kicked in the nuts. But I feel like I have. But I feel like I could probably approximate the sensation. Yeah. So I I'm good. I'm good. And like don't understand. talk about birth because being kicked in the nuts does not last for twelve to forty eight hours. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> and that's, but it doesn't matter it, no. the competition doesn't no, matter it doesn't matter that's the whole point um, whereas like and it's funny like last night I made supper for myself and I was like oh, I wish there was someone to make dinner for me because I don't want to do this Yeah. and it wasn't like I'm, I can cook so I'm, I'm not a good cook but it just would have been real nice if I didn't have to do it I agree um, and I would have eaten like crap dinner that someone else made just whatever it was yeah which just would have been real nice because then I had to do the dishes and you know although like in my relationship I do like cooking because how Chris and I do it is like whoever cooks the other person cleans I just really fucking hate cleaning up me too so like I'd rather do the cooking and then your job is done which is why I don't like cooking because then I have to clean it up too I have to do (laughs) all of the work you have to do all the jobs yeah and I don't like that yeah. So, like, if I go to my parents for dinner or whatever, I oftentimes will, like, help with the preparation. And I'm like, well, I cooked. I'm not doing the dishes. <laughs> and then I don't have to. Yeah. But it's not, yeah, it's not because I need somebody. It's no. because I don't want to wash the dishes. It's literally what it is. So everything now just goes in the dishwasher. <laughs> and I just don't have to deal with it. Perfect. But anyway, that was that. That's all I got. Sweet. Larissa sent us an idea. She did. I think we should do it. Okay, I'm gonna get my timer out here. Do you want to explain? Okay, so uh, suggestion from Larissa is a garbage fire lightning round, and uh, she says we try to say as much as we can about how awesome random things are that start with the same letter of the alphabet. So like, kind of like, is it categories? Is that the one? I don't like, know. where you write down the things? I can't remember. Um, where you get the, like the letter and you have to write down all the things, and if you match with, I can't remember. What it's like, kind of like that game, but we're just gonna talk for a minute about certain things. Yeah. So suggested topics for the first attempt all start with the letter B. Yes. Um, so we're I came gonna up d- with half of them. You came up with half of them? Okay. Um, so how are we going to do this? Do you want us each to talk about the topic, or do you want to alternate? Or 
I think we really have to focus on it being a lightning round. Okay. So I've got the timer ready for yeah. one minute each. One minute each. For each. For each thing. Yes. Okay. So we both have to try to say how mm-hmm. awesome those things okay. are in one minute. Okay. So we're f- okay. Are we, are we ready? This is we're testing this out for the we're first test- time. It's right gonna now. be a tra- this whole episode is a train wreck. So like <laughs> this is just continuing. With I the love thing. it. It's the best one ever. It's um, best one ever. Okay. Totally, it's all over the place. hundred <laughs> percent. So far, we have I think five layers of tracks on Audacity, possibly six. <laughs> I don't know. So it's gonna be an editing nightmare. Yeah. Um. Oh, because then I have to add the intro music in too. So yeah, that's gonna be like eight. Yeah. Awesome. Um. Okay. So we're gonna yeah we're starting with the letter B, and our first topic is babies. Go. Um, I really like other people's babies because they're cute, and then I can give them back to their parents when I'm done. Oh my god, me too. I love how they're just little loaves of bread when they're super young. <laughs> yes. And you, they'll die without you, so you just have to hold them. Oh, I know, and they're so warm. When no, you but sometimes them. too warm. And that's bit. when it gets uncomfortable. Um, if you look back at my Instagram, you can see like pictures of me holding my friend's baby, and there would be times like when he was really little because he was premature, he would like sleep for hours and hours and hours, yeah. like 20 hours a day. And uh, I would go over there and I would like sit down on the couch and his dad would just like put him on my chest and I would just hold him for like three hours and it was just the best thing in the world. I know it is. So good. But babies are also fun, like my nieces, when they get older and start talking and yeah. doing things. Having personality and, and doing yeah. stuff, yeah. Well, too much personality. Um, whatever. <laughs> She's adorable. She is adorable. <laughs> but yeah, like when they, when they get to the point where they, they actually like recognize you and start to, you know, remember that you are a person then it gets fun super fun it gets super fun oh my god oh my god yes look at us we did it okay um okay our next one is ballet ready sure i have literally nothing to say about ballet except that misty copeland is fucking incredible she is there's just something so beautiful about ballet there is and i love how it's paired with like symphonic music and there's so much that goes into it that communicates on a different level than traditional theater mm-hmm. because there usually is no speaking so it's all very interpretive and it's just yeah. a very immersive experience it is it's it's cool and I, I think that like i think there's a lot of stereotypes surrounding ballet yeah and i think a lot of those stereotypes are very incorrect mm-hmm. now especially because i think i think what gets downplayed a lot of times is like the athleticism of Oh, they're so the strong. They are, they're, they are like incredibly strong. Like yes. if you've ever tried to stand like on the ball of your feet, even never mind. In, I don't anymore because of surgery. Right, but but like <laughs> but like you know never mind like in point shoes whatever like it's incredible like and just and the it's strength a and the grace. It's a crap. Oh, the grace. Yes. Oh, the grace. Look at that! A whole minute on ballet, ah, okay. which is like a thing that I know nothing okay. about. Um, topic number three: bread. Oh, bread is my reason for living. What's your favorite kind of bread? Um, Mine is sourdough, but I never buy it because it goes bad quick. And it's a huge loaf. It is always it's a hard huge loaf. To do that. I but like, if I can get sourdough toast somewhere, done. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I like anything cheese, so like cheese rolls, oh, cheese yeah. bread, the like twisted one that Safeway yeah. does. Yeah, Safeway Foods does those too. Oh, I know. Oh, they're so good. I know. At school, they had the foods kids do three different kinds of breads, and then they get. The kids choose a teacher to evaluate it for them, like oh. a regular teacher. Oh, cool. And one of my kids asked me to do that for him. I was like, oh, yeah, of course. And <laughs> they delivered it on the day that I was sick. Oh, no. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I wanted to be here. I didn't know it was that day. I felt so bad. I um, I'm also a big fan of soda bread. Uh, oh. when, I, when, I, when I was in Ireland, I ate a lot of soda bread, and it was real great. Yeah. With, like, brown. Oh, yeah, so good. 
No, I'm picking the most stupid bed. I know. Um, Stop it. And the last thing we're going to talk about, which I could fill I'm the whole thing about this, is, I probably though. could, is baseball. Ready? Sure. Go. Um, baseball is wonderful. I think it's better than hockey. <laughs> I, like, half wrote a piece last night. I sat down to do some writing about how baseball is better than hockey. Um, no, there's a piece to it that I really, really enjoy, and I've just been super enjoying watching baseball this year, as you all know. Mm-hmm. Um, because Aaron Judge and his 52 home runs has been pretty great. Um, it's been lots of fun for me to watch. You still got 39 seconds. I still have 39. Well, I don't know. Like, do you want me to just talk about how much I love Aaron Judge? Yes. I could. This is your opportunity. <laughs> like, I haven't done it don't before. Don't waste it. I think, I think what I like the most about him is, like, we talked about with Dan, is just that he's, like, seems like a really stand-up guy. Um, and maybe when he gets his big payday, he'll, things will change, but I kind of feel like it, they won't. Because mm-hmm. it's just, it, I don't get that, that, that sense from him. Um, but I was super jealous the other day, uh... Stacey May Fouts was at the Yankee game and she like took a picture of Aaron Judge and he was like right there he like came over and gave a ball to the kid sitting beside her and I was just like I would have died like I legitimately would have died had he been that close that was incredible not photo okay done um I sweated that whole time the time pressure you? really got to me <laughs> I was looking at the timer upside down I was like oh we're good we're good <laughs> Um, so if you have letters of things that you want to like suggest to us, yeah, for some other time, let us know. And we just chose B randomly because Larissa suggested. Oh no, she suggested baby's ballet and baseball. I put in bread. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if I had known that, I would have made you talk for a whole minute about bread. Um, oh, so good. Okay. So too bad it makes you blow up. It does. It's true. That's okay. Is it worth it? It's one hundred percent worth it. Oh, like if I could die, it would be bread and cheese induced, please. That's my way to go. What better way is there? Oh, that's funny. Um, okay, so we have some questions. Uh, friend of the podcast, Tom, who I shamed in asking a question. It was very unlike him to be yeah, silent. Yeah, we were uh, quite concerned. I know. I was like, Tom, are you mad at us? <laughs> Why haven't you sent us I questions? I felt bad because I didn't talk about strike last time. But it was such a long episode with Reva, so I'll talk about it in the future. Okay. I'll get to it. Um, his question is, if you could take any book series that's already been adapted, either partially or in full, and have them redo it, what series would you choose? And he said that he would choose Narnia. Narnia. And I think I would agree with him. I yeah. Think, I think that movie series suffered from timing more than anything, because it came out at the same time that like the Harry Potter movies were kind of exploding. And the end of Lord of the Rings. And the end of Lord of the Rings. Because yeah. I think, I want to say the first one came out in, like, 2002, maybe? 2001, mm-hmm. 2002, somewhere in there. And, like, Return of the King came out in 2003. And, like, the Harry Potter was, going on, was yeah. going on at the same time. And so I think it suffered from the timing. Because um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe was so good. It was, oh, Tilda Swinton. It was so God, good. I could do a whole episode on how amazing Tilda Swinton um, is. The girl that played, what's her name? The, the little one? Lucy? Yeah, Lucy, yeah. The, I can't remember the actress's name, but they needed to get a reaction from her when she, like, goes through the wardrobe, and so they just didn't tell her what she was going to see. And so yeah. what you see on screen was the child's reaction to this world that to they that had space. built. It's pure. It's so good. It's, yeah. like, pure seven-year-old joy. Like, it's just delightful. Oh, God, I love that movie so much. I didn't hate Prince Caspian until the last, like, five minutes. Um, and then it turned into, like, a love story, and there was, like, a weird thing, yeah. and I was like, meh. But I didn't like, um, I didn't like Voyage of the Bound Treader, which is unfortunate, because that was, I think, my favorite I think book. that was, is that the one where, um, it's her and the cousin Eustace? Mm-hmm. And they, like, yeah. Um, but, I like the first three books a lot better than the last ones. Yeah, but I'm... They really get super religious at they do. the end. 
but I really enjoyed the first one, and I was, like, hoping for better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just feel like it suffered from timing more than anything else. Well, and that series is hard, too, because in each of the books, the kids age up a little bit, too. Yeah. It's not like it's all consecutive stories. There's yes. gaps in between, and when there's real actors. It's hard to do. The other one that I would do is... Um, the Jack Reacher ones because fuck Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Hey. Yeah, and also this Mitch Rapp one with Dylan O'Brien. No thanks. I'm out. I'm they go- should have switched. It should have been Kitsch. I'm going to go watch the movie. Yeah. We've been are going. We've decided. And I'll go and I'll watch the Kiss Taylor Kitsch, but I'm mad about that. Yeah, for sure. Because he doesn't match what's in the book. That's all. You know what? I don't think they need to redo Outlander. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like, I, I used to dread Sundays. I'm so excited for tonight. Speaking of Outlander, I saw the preview for today's episode. Are you sure? Because yes. I've been... Okay. No, no, no. It was, it was a preview for, like, you know, on the next... Oh, man, it looks so good. Spoilers, probably, a little bit. Because he goes and, like... He goes into What's-Her-Face's... Yes. ...chambers, and then there's, <gasps> like... Oh, yeah, it's gonna happen. Um, but it's the episode where Claire finds Jamie. In the in, history. In, in the history. And Roger See, and Brianna are there. See, I told you it's number four. And Brianna, it's not going to happen until six. Yeah, and, then, and Brianna says, you know, now it's something about now that you found him, I'm afraid I'm going to lose you. Yeah. Um, and then in the, one of the other previews that I've seen, it's when Claire's talking to Joe about Jamie and tells him all about Jamie. And, and she says, and Joe asks her if, if um, she still loves him. And she's like, I've never stopped. She's yeah. like, I can't wait. It's going to be so good. There's a great anticipation. Oh, so, so, I, that episode, that week that, like, that episode airs, I'm just going to be, like, dead. I know. I'm not sure if it could go either way yeah. for the two of us. Either we'll talk through the entire one, or mm-hmm. we won't talk at all, because we'll just be super overwhelmed. Yeah. Like, after Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, so we're just, like, <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> Kelsey's Snapchat story that night, or, or not Snapchat, Instagram story that night will be wonderful, I'm sure. Just still thinking about things. Oh, don't put those expectations. Um, but you're not. Your stories are always wonderful. Thank you. Um, some guy wants to know why do we call Jesse Pugliarvi pool party? Can we not come up with a better one? Why not something to do with pizza? <laughs> he deserves better. And then, like two seconds later, he's like, "Panagol, nailed it." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I didn't get it. I was like, "Who the fuck is Panagol?" Because I like haven't watched any preseason. Yeah. So I was like. Is this a reference I'm not getting? But that is perfection. Yeah. Because if I you don't it. know, we have, there's, there's the, the gif of Yessi, like, eating the pizza in whoever's interview. And then he realizes he's on camera and walks away. It's Guys, amazing. Panago is the best pizza. It's pretty good. It's really fucking good. Pretty good. And I find the pool party actually quite offensive. Yeah. Because yeah. it's a foreign name. And yeah, and we're making fun of his foreign name. to learn it or whatever yeah i just call him yesy because i feel like i have a personal connection with him um <laughs> friend of the podcast amanda wants to know do you think jimmy hayes will be signed by the devils i can confidently say yes because he got signed this morning to a seven hundred thousand dollar contract. Yeah. okay uh which just made me laugh um oh she did have a question probably for dan which we missed sorry oh, amanda sure. was thoughts on the riveters chances this season um i'm gonna say that i'm gonna say they're gonna finish in the top four <laughs> Yeah, I but think I right. I feel like probably based on what I've read, I would assume that Boston's probably going to win this. Yeah, season. that'd be my guess. They've got a lot of people coming back. Amanda also sent that amazing picture back to us. She did, but I want to do the Apple one first. Okay, and we'll address that one second. So I'm. Um, she says I'm going apple picking next weekend because she lives in New Jersey and like apparently that's a thing that people do like 
on the East Coast. It's like, adorable. Go apple picking. Um, what kind of apple things should I make? Um, pie. Pie. Crumble. crumble. Jam. Butter. Apple butter. I would make apple butter. What's the one that it's like layers? I don't know. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know what it's called. Does any apple pastries? Yeah, like apple fritters. No, it's not fritters. No, but just make apple fritters. Yeah. And sure. yeah, you can make danishes. Like mm-hmm. put buy like buy like Pillsbury croissant things and like put st- it in turnovers. There. Yeah. Empanadas. Ugh. Got You can so make hungry. like applesauce, and then you could also like cut up some apples and, um, yeah, I don't know. Applesauce would be good. I was gonna say, and then you could cook them with some pork, but I'm like, no, you probably can't do that. Never mind. Who me? Oh, oh man, yeah, good. yeah. Both of us. Can't. My bad. Sorry. Sorry, man. Um, but either way, whatever you yeah, whatever make, you do, please ship us some. Yeah, that would be yeah, that'd be wonderful. Yes. Um, and she sent us a picture, which we'll put on our website. Um, of of course we will. Leon Dreisaitl, um, holding an owl, which is problematic to me because Just... there's a bird, and I don't like birds. I don't care, Megan. Um, but her her question is why is Dry holding this owl? And the second part of her question is what do I need to do to get him to look at me like that? And I feel like that is the question we should address. <laughs> That's the real question that matters. <laughs> why is he holding the owl? Because they went to the zoo. They did go to the zoo. For reasons. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't leave me on Lucy's Find. <laughs> I find it so funny on Pat Maroon, his Insta story of the day they went because Kathy and some fucking animal crawling all over yeah. him and Pat Maroon could not keep his shit together. No, it was, it was pretty so funny. funny. But it's funny because like other teams are, like doing like ziplining things and our guys went to the zoo and I'm like, oh, Edmonton. I don't know the um, way he holds that owl. I know. Could there be anything sexier what, than that? What, what does a person have to do to get Leon Dressel to look at them like that? Other than be an owl. a head that turns around 360 degrees. <laughs> the capability of flight. Oh my god. <laughs> P nocturnal? Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. It's possible. Um Yeah. God damn Liam. Yeah, it God was damn. it was good. I texted Kelsey last night when Dry Settle was on the TV. I know I missed it because I was at the Millies. Um and I didn't like take a video of it or whatever. That's okay. I'm sorry. We've got a whole season of that. Starting we on Wednesday. Sure do. Starting Wednesday uh, against Coyote Plains. And then of Saturday course. again against the Vancouver Canucks. To whom the Oilers lost last night. And then people were real mad about it. They didn't play very well, to be perfect. I actually watched most of it, surprisingly enough. That is surprising. I know. Um, in this, like, sportsy podcast that I was watching some sports. I honestly think it should be called a feminist sports podcast. Probably. Because that's what it is. Um, what else? That's it. Do we have no other questions? Nope. Malcolm didn't send you any or anything? He did, but I whiffed it, so we're all good. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. Um, so we uh, again we want to say thank you to Dan for um, talking to us this morning. Yeah, awesome. he really spent a lot really of time with us, and we super appreciate. That. Yeah, time that he definitely didn't have to spend. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some merchandise. We do, which is super cool. And oh my gosh, we if you have... go to if you go to teespring dot com slash garbage fire pod, mm-hmm. you can buy some things. And it looks real good. It looks really good. It looks real good. And if we can sell some stuff, then we can add some more designs. And Davis made us some really great other like, designs. I, I cannot believe how great this stuff. One that of Davis the ones, made. one of the designs that he's made, I really want something with that on it. Yeah, but I we're want not going to spoil. We're not spoiling it until it's out there. So. Yeah, yeah. 
So we have we have more plans. This is phase one. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, so yeah, you can get a t-shirt, long sleeve t-shirt, uh, there's a ladies t-shirt, and then you can get mugs. Because I really wanted the mug, and I made the store, so I was <laughs> like, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> and I picked colors um, that would just look good with the logo, so mm -hmm. we took the blue out of the logo and just made a transparent background, and so... It looks good on pretty much all the colors. It does, like shockingly. Like I so. want everything. I know. And we have to sell the way that Teespring works. We have to sell like at least I set our goals really low. It is super low. Super low, like three of each item. Yeah. In order for that item to be made. I'm so tempted to like. I know. Pick up the slack, but I don't want. To, I don't want to but either. I super want a shirt. I know. I want a mug really bad. I'm gonna buy a shirt um, for sure. Buddy from work says he'll also buy a mug, so we just need one more person. Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> We can't Tom. put it all. We can't put it all on Amanda. Tom. Um, but big ups to uh, to Tyler and my buddy Brian for uh, ordering their shirts. Mm -hmm. That was real kind of you. That was very cool. And also, because this might be the only way we interact with him. R.I.P. Mike Librarian. Yeah. For leaving Twitter. Oh, he sent me a question. He texted me a Did question. He? I forgot about. It. Yeah, yeah. We'll get okay. to that right now. I'm gonna miss you on Twitter a lot, but I understand why. Yeah. And I still look forward to hopefully some interaction with the podcast yeah. either via email or. He said he on that. Instagram? Uh, I don't think so. Um, he said, "Okay, here's Mike's questions. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Um, if you have kids, what would you name them? I would just number them. It would be easier. Oh my god! You know what Chris's like suggestion is? <laughs> no. To have two. Yeah. And name them Pete and Repeat. a real catch I, that Chris I married this need and by choice <laughs> but I really like Max and he really likes Zoe oh but he is family. okay those he, those kids I'm just now imagining they're you're so like cute. little time with Max know, and so Zoe cute. amazing they're so cute but he has family back in England where his last name there's already a Zoe his last name yeah so I think that you can't do that why not because it should be something different. Well, as long as your kids have, like, normal first names, then I don't think it matters. Not Pete and repeat, you're saying? Pete's fine. We already have a friend, Peter, though. Yeah, there you go. Shout out to Peter. Um, his, other, his other question uh, was, uh, if you, is there a name that if you meet someone with it, you automatically don't like them? And for him, the name is Anita. Chad. <laughs> Chad's probably a dick. That's yeah, true. Chad's for me, um, I have a, it's not so much that I don't like them, but I have a really negative association with the name Jordan boys oh really because of kids that i've taught yeah it's just a really uh, negative i have one right now that's like sweetest sweetheart that's ever sweethearted yeah so i don't have that um but that makes it hard with naming kids yeah we've done our profession because every name you're just like god i hated that x kid well and the, the thing that like for me is the spelling more than anything it's yeah. not so much the name but the spelling it's like i have kids who have names that are normal names. They're recognizable names, but they got like 19 letters. I'm like, how, why did your parents do this to you? Yeah, I know. He also says, Mike also says, by the way, you and Kelsey are still alive in XCOM. I have 23 confirmed kills and you have 17. Ooh! And I asked if I'm still 60% hack, and he was like, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but my nickname is Halsey and yours is Dryhard. <gasps> so. Oh, Mike, you know us so well. <laughs> I love dry. See, if I had Twitter still, I would change she does my have name Twitter. to Dry Hard. I do not. She does have Twitter. I'm gonna take this to my grave. <laughs> but I can that, I can tell Mike. you that unless it's specifically re related to like recording an episode <laughs> or like our now our merchandise, um, the tweets coming from our account are Kelsey. 
just so that you know. I have nothing to say about this. Um, so yeah, we also we have we have the merchandise. So like I said, teespring.com slash garbagefirepod. We also have stickers. Still stickers left over, yeah. If you would like Lots. some, we have a link on our Twitter, I think, and probably also on our Instagram. And if yeah. Thanks. And there's a form to fill out, just like fill it out and we'll, we'll send you some. We've got like envelopes ready to go. And if you're traveling somewhere, yeah, take we'll them with let you. Let us know because we'll give you extra ones so you can put it somewhere. Yeah, that'd be fun. Like wherever, I don't care. Um, yeah, and that's it. I, that's all we got. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. You can follow us. You can email us at garbagefirepodcast at gmail uh, which right now is just like emails from Teespring, so yep. send us some stuff. <laughs> That's fine. You can follow me on Twitter at Meg14. You can follow Kelsey on Twitter <laughs> at GarbagePowerPod. And we have a website, garbagepowerpod.wordpress.com, and that's where we'll put like show notes and interesting links to things. And, and our lyrics to and our, our lyrics to our song. song that I'm sure will win whatever the internet version of a Grammy is. <laughs> uh, no, it will not. <laughs> um, also, this is the thing. I, I, obviously, it's up there. Um... But I was like, man, what if? Right? Yeah, the look on Kelsey's face right now. Now she's realizing the mistake that we made by recording and releasing that. What if? Megan, as I've said before, and this is my catchphrase, I'm fine with it. (laughs) I'd like to see you say that with him sitting right here. Lose your mind. Um, Anyway, that's the thing that we did. Thanks for not turning it off. And if you did, we don't want to know. I'm just, I'm fine. I'm fine. Good. I'm fine. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you so much for listening, as always. We love you guys. And we'll see you in the dumpster.